Hey, I'm Kevin from Q. This episode of the Q&A's podcast got a mother frickin' sponsor. Tactical Distributors, you're on fire. They carry all kinds of cool shit, man. I got my fancy tiger stripe summer pants here that everybody loves. I skate in those. I go to the club in those, pulling honeys all day. If I actually wore, you know, anything to go in my pool or hot tub, it'd probably be these board shorts. They're also tiger stripe. Things like these Ultima boots, the maritime boot that are awesome. I don't even know what that means. But these are summertime hunting boots, thin sole, like skate shoes. They're lightweight. They breathe. They repel the water. A cool thing about tactical distributors. All right, number one, cool motherfuckers. Number two, their return policy, simple, easy. I never know because I got like the fat feet. So this could be a 10 and a half, could be an 11. I don't know. Older two sizes. I pick one, send it back. It's no trouble. Let's get a little label, send it back. Cost me no money. Tacticaldistributors.com. Promo code, I don't know what you call it. Whatever code at the end. All right? Unpossible15. Unpossible15 gets you 15% off. Tacticaldistributors.com. Give them a look. you goobers so here today it's a different cast so it's me as usual kevin brittingham jay and adam are not here <laughs> and i got some bones to pick with them when i see them uh but ethan lassard so best buddy for like 15 years head of our engineering uh his five-year intern <laughs> <laughs> drew uh, one of our, uh, I don't even, are you still junior? Yeah. You're probably still junior engineer. I'm senior pretensioneer. <laughs> yeah. But junior engineer. Yeah. Head you of, pre- I'm, I'm, I'm head of pretensioneering, but you got an intern now. I'm, I'm also, uh, the, uh, the technical ginger. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Technical <laughs> ginger. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm head of drone maintenance. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Jay's best friend, that <laughs> asshole. But I don't know if we're best well, friends because he took like two hours out of my day to make me fix that fucker. Well, you did. But on it, the so. other hand, favors. <laughs> <laughs> I know if you can't get a girl, you know, get, get a, a Jay. get get a <laughs> cute Jay. boy with long hair. Uh, so, um, He's got a but scrunchy, scrunchy, <laughs> <laughs> banana clip, and all right. And my bestie <laughs> and personal fave, Chad Johnson. How you doing, Chad? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? You nervous? Uh, uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Wait to hear what you have to say. As long as, as long as Drew keeps acting like he is, I don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah, nothing to worry. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I don't know. God, you keep speaking this clearly. We're not going to need subtitles. <laughs> yeah. So, so you can't understand like what he's saying? <laughs> yeah. We've hung out together for a long time. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so Chad, so uh, so Chad came with me from Georgia, him and his lovely wife Sabrina. Uh, She's for amazing. Q. The translator. She's the same. Um, so you guys have been together since like the second grade. Yeah, off and on since second grade, and <clears throat> haven't been apart since thirteen. Oh, it's in year fifty-one now. Mm, yeah, because I remember when you and I went on our first hunt together. I don't know a decade <laughs> or so ago when yeah. we met that. Uh, it was a week-long hunt, and I did not realize the Siamese connection that you guys had. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's deep. So, it's a little weird. So, oh, well, <laughs> I think I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Drew, we were there Dr. for Drew. like three days, and Chad, you know, he's always happy and positive and just full of energy, and, you know, he's a fucking stud. And we're there, and he gets all down, and he's all depressed and, like, all sad, and... You know, I didn't know what had happened, and I asked him. He's like, and, you know, this is only, so at this time, so they got together when they're like eight years old. So he's like 43 at the time. And I said, uh, Chad, man, everything okay? He's like, man, I just, I ain't never been away from Sabrina this long. I miss her. Oh, it's oh, like three days. Oh, you told me about it. And I was like, holy <laughs> crap. I didn't know that kind of stuff really existed. Yeah. So I don't know. You spend time with you guys, and I mean, you instantly see it. And she's good. 
I know it's like you won the lottery with that no, because, didn't. man, it's it's it yeah it's it's hard to tolerate a son of a bitch like you for more than <laughs> <laughs> true story. <laughs> and you find someone that can actually understand you. Dude, yeah. The first year Chad and I hung out, literally, I understood like thirty percent of. Them. <laughs> so uh, Chad and I have been out here for a couple of weeks. You guys been out here a week? Um, I actually didn't know Chad was here. Well, you, you know, you were posting pictures on social media, and I was like, oh, Chad's there. <laughs> I was excited. I oh, haven't crap. seen Chad in like over a year. So yeah, yeah. Um, so you've been missed at the office, man. I tell you, everybody. There's not a day that goes by. There's not a Chad or Sabrina comment or story or man, something. We miss everybody. It's a man, awesome I'll, group of guys. I'll do some testing. Gals. I'll get back from the range at like five, yeah. and I'll leave the guns on the table. <laughs> I come back in the morning, and they're not clean. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. like what happened? <laughs> Chad go? service. I know. I know. Chad was good. Yeah. But um, on my table all night. <laughs> Yeah, so the first week, Chad and I, we did a bunch of shooting. We took our ladies to Yellowstone. Mm. Uh, yeah, we had a great time. We had a couple days where it was not 100 degrees, yeah. which was awesome. Um, yeah, so it's been a good time. So you guys came out to Wyoming. So we're at uh, home, what, what, High, Bar. High Bar Homestead. So this is uh, Drake Clark from Magpul's Place. Um, he's been a friend of mine and Ethan's for a long time, probably 15 years. Uh, it's a beautiful place. So this is northeastern Wyoming. Uh, I guess this is sort of like the Black Hills foothills or something. I don't know. We're involved in that. It's beautiful here. It's hot as shit. <laughs> yeah, I I can't imagine it's this hot. It, this must be unseasonable or unseasonable. Definitely unseasonable. Yeah. yeah. So it's been what in the nineties a bunch of days. Yeah, not ninety eight the other day. Yeah. It's been very. It's very windy here though. Yeah. Which is not conducive to the extreme long range that we wanted to be doing. You get to learn a whole bunch, though. It, it is fun because we're all going to Africa in November mm-hmm. and uh, going to do some shooting and killing. And it's, it's it's good practical experience, especially shooting up in the hills in the unknown distance range. Yeah, and it's you know with windy conditions. We were teaching Matt the other day. Matt, the Matt your Who's intern. Matt? Matt, the intern. We're uh, we're teaching him like. He's shooting out to 1250, so he's he's like he's poking stuff out there, and he's taking his time between shots because he's. You should not say poking. It means something different when you say it. All right, all right that's fair. He's shooting stuff at a very far range, and uh, he's taking his time between shots because he's still you know working on his fundamentals. And at a certain point, we're like, all right, you got to uh, like you got to shoot quicker. Like the wind conditions only stay the same from shot to shot. So, like, the longer you take, the more stuff changes. Yeah, so so, same so for those who don't understand, we're in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which is on the ocean, 45 minutes north of Boston. Usually, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> so, uh, so, we're between Portland, Maine, and Massachusetts, or Boston, Mass., and so Matt, uh, how far is he's from Lynn, Mass? So he's he, from Lynn. Yeah. So that's right outside of Boston. That's a suburb. Yeah, it's about twenty thirty minutes. Yeah. So I, had he, he ever shot a gun before he came to work with us? Uh, not, he said a little officially. bit, but not <laughs> <laughs> just drive bys. <laughs> yeah, robbing liquor stores. Or whatever. Okay, <laughs> whatever. So so you, Drew, uh, you, it's amazing because he seems very responsible. But you and Matt were in the same fraternity. Yeah. Because you seem like a fucking train wreck, and Matt seems like sure he, am. Matt yeah. seems like a chap, oh, like grown he's up, solid, Poor grown thing. up, yeah, solid. Oh. I mean, tiny but a grown up. <laughs> yeah, he is a little grown. Sorts of, you know, there's all sorts of different. So he never really shot. So we come here. So he's only been working with us probably six months or so. Comes here, never really shot a lot. Um, never had experience at these distances. So we're shooting from. I, zero I, to two thousand yards here, and, and so we—you're talking about—we were up practicing in the hills um, yesterday and day before, shooting unknown distance, preparing for Africa. Yeah, every one of you have come to me and told me that he did—he did oh, incredible. Oh, he, he did great because actually, yesterday there was one point where we were uh, we were ranging for each other and we were spotting each other, and he was off by the side. We like. We were going to go segments, everyone said, but he just started shooting and no one was ranging or spotting for him. And I was like, well, that's a good learning experience, I guess. I guess he'll figure. And, you know, you hear three shots and then the fourth shot he hit. So he was actually like 
Start being able to see, calling his own shots, and actually making adjustments. So that that was awesome. That and, and at the range that he's shooting at, like up until this week, I had never shot a target more than six hundred and fifty yards. It's good that you recognize that in your new supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> Supervisory position. Yeah, I know you got a big department now, Ethan. <sighs> <laughs> At least they're getting smaller as they come, though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Easier to manhandle. Yeah. They're getting so skinny. <laughs> but, you know, it is funny. People talk shit. Like, you talk about range and stuff. And we, we have a known distance range here to 2,000. And then up in the hills, it's only uh, unknown to, like, 600. But we're shooting at, at extreme angle and a very small target sometimes and uncomfortable shooting positions, which I wanted to encourage everyone to do because in Africa when we're hunting, that's real life when you're hunting. And, man, you can be dead on sitting at the bench or going prone at 600 yeah. or 1,000, but when you're talking 400 and it's a four-inch circle and you got to hit it, you know, off your bipod sitting next to a rock, like, it, it's a different thing. No, yeah. it's, it's a good experience, like, Definitely shooting from uncomfortable. Sometimes I'm just holding a circle. Well, that's like all. I, I mean, you can't get that ev- stable, and then you just. Well, I, I hate to tell you that I didn't go to engineering school, but I understand this. That's always what you're doing. You always have a wobble zone. It's just very small when you're prone on a bipod with a bag or on a bench, and it just grows bigger, more uncomfortable. Yeah, if you're not stable, it, it shows yeah. you need to support the gun. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually curious. Like when we go out to Africa, I'm, you know, I've never been in that situation before, so. You know, I'm fine shooting at it. Because you were also from outside of Boston and never really shot guns. You came to keep not at all. All right, so so you've never been in the African fixed shooting position. No, I've never shot big game in my life. So when you're actually in it, looking at that as opposed to a piece of steel on a hill, I'm I'm wondering if I'm actually like confident enough to take that shot. Like I'll shoot all day up here because I'm like, well, yeah, if I miss, I just take another shot. But out there different I'm and just, I'm not really you do the same thing you, you, um, you get back on target chad my man chad and i've been hunting together for a decade i mean i don't know how many hours we have spent day and night hunting pigs at night yeah. in georgia deer hunting oh and it's it's you know that's the great thing about hunting you go to the range you shoot steel paper you kind of know what's going to happen unless we're about to get to some stuff for ethan with eight six and when you're developing new stuff you don't know what's going to happen necessarily you can predict some things but oh we go out hunting i mean it's just a different experience every time you never know what's going to happen sometimes you shoot from the jeep sometimes you shoot from the tree sometimes you get prone sometimes you take your pants off (laughs) (laughs) oh we did that in texas didn't we oh my god okay so we'll sidebar here Ethan and I, this is when we were developing, I think, subsonic expand. I don't know what we were doing. What were we doing? Getting naked in the woods, it sounds we like. We did. Nailed all of Ethan that. Ethan and I have gotten naked together a bunch of times. <laughs> and never for sexual reasons, always Just because temperature, it's really hot. Temperature based. I mean, the sex happens, but that's not what it's about. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't about that. No. Side benefit. Borrowing some friction from a stranger. Yep. <laughs> so, um, a box no, blind. Yeah, box. Oh, my God. In uh, South Texas, we were in a box blind that was all steel. Chad, you can relate to this. You know what a box blind oh, yeah. is. Like Drew's lost because he's from Boston and ginger. Yeah, it's like a big smoke box. Big smoker. Yeah. For dudes. We're in there, <laughs> yeah. and it it got – it was 100 degrees. And Ethan and I ended Outside. up – Outside. Yeah. So 120 inside this At little least. oven. And uh, we, we were in there for like four or five hours. We, I don't know. We were drinking, though. But uh, – we ended up in our underwear. I took a picture and sent it to our women at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like so hot, we're sweating. <laughs> this sounds a whole lot like a sauna. It, yeah. It's Just what like it felt that, like. But you have guns. With guns. Yeah. And, and you're watching animals. animals. Yeah. Sounds way more fun. Are you guys familiar with the show Ridiculousness? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rob Deerdick and yeah. Chanel West. That West Coast. God awful laugh. And, uh, and Sterling... Or whatever that dude that does the videos. You know, actually, I did go to see a. Uh, yeah, that's a cool story, bro. So, um, <laughs> do you know what their logo is, Ethan? I do not. So it's a person doing a scorpion because the show, you know, is all about people fucking getting up. fucking hurt. Have you ever seen any of your friends? Let's say you're running behind them, 
and they fall down and they scorpion. You see their belly button from the back because they scorpion. Have you guys ever witnessed that? Nipples Not sometimes. You have sometimes? Yeah. Not in Nipples? Person. Oh. Yeah. Rough. <laughs> well, well, well Ethan, I, I thought it was rare. But um, let me just tell you a hunting story my buddy Chad over here. So this, <laughs> it, this was no more than, let's say, two months ago, Chad? Yeah, about two months about ago. About two yeah. months ago. Yeah. So there's uh, Chad and I. We hunt with our, our other bestie in Georgia, who his family owns a lot of property in the county where we are. And um, he he has a pig bait site so we're, we're hunting hogs and he's got a bait site with a trail camera that's hooked up to a cell so it texts him a picture every time there are pigs or there's some animal there so our buddy gets a text <laughs> he's working he sends a he sends chad the picture it says hey there's pigs there right now chad and i we're at chad's house or i got an apartment over there in an outbuilding um because chad believes there's ghosts in the outbuilding somebody stays in there so i do <laughs> So, um, that's another story. Anyway, so Chad and I jump in the Jeep. We race over there. I got the honey badger. Chad's got his fix, 6'5", 16-inch barrel with his trash panda on there. He's got a little red dot on there because we're shooting pigs 100 meters. So, my man can shoot. So, he's like, whatever. And so, it's lightweight. We got our new uh, Edgar Sherman shout-out slings on with the sling devils. Yeah, those things are awesome. Yeah. And so he and I get close, you know, we get within whatever, 500 yards. We park, we walk in, we get around there. We're probably 120 out, I assume. Probably. And uh, so they're in the timber, probably 70 yards. We're 50 yards outside of it. I take a knee. I don't know if you took a knee or not. I think no. you did. You didn't? No, no? I didn't that time. So, so we're like, you know, one, two, three, shoot. And uh, so, so we do that. I've seen this movie before. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I cheated <laughs> with you. Tragically. Um, so, but I was honest this time. I didn't shoot on two like I did with no, you. No, he didn't. He was. He was straight. So up. we shoot. We both shoot a pig. Chad shoots a bigger. He's got a good angle on a big one. He shoots it. Just fucking drills it. It drops and it like pokes his head up a little bit and it's like trying to move a little bit. And so, you know, what do you do, Ethan? Shoot it again. That, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is and the that's the answer every time. And that's normally what my buddy Chad Johnson would do. But what he decided to do was to... Uh, <laughs> Usain bolt it. <laughs> yeah. I gave him a sling, and now all of a sudden, he's like, we got to chase shit down. So he slings a gun, and he just starts running. And I remember, because normally, he's the voice of reason in our relationship. Chad and Johnson I, don't run. Nah. No more he don't. never seen him run. <laughs> Chad Johnson, you do not want to be in a 100-meter dash with him. I'm just telling you. And uh, he started running, and I remember just still being on a knee, and I was watching the pigs. I mean, his pig was literally going like one inch a second. Like, it wasn't really moving. And, and you know, I, we both made good shots. And I said, uh, he, start, he just took off running. And I was like, Chad, I don't, I don't think we should run. Did I say it? You did. I did. That's the last thing I remember. <laughs> I mean, he is high stepping. This is, this, like, it, this it must is be where real I, bad if Kevin's telling me, me not to run. No, I, I told saying. you so. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. So, uh, there's a trail down in there, and, and there's vines kind of across the trail. You always trip out over and you're going to take feed down there. So. And so I'm like, oh, when we hit the timber, I'm like, I am being careful. So I start high stepping at a slower rate, but I'm following Chad because I'm like, man, I don't want to trip. I mean, and I was like, I cannot believe how fast Chad Johnson is. Jesus. And, I mean, he is just hauling ass. I mean, he's a streak through the woods. I mean, he's setting land speed records in Banks County. And all of a sudden, and then I'm like, man, I hope he doesn't trip. He's carrying that gun. It's going to be horrible. And the pig is still like right. The pigs were both where we shot. And I'm like, hmm. And, you know, I'm, like, trotting, but I'm following my buddy because I didn't want to run either, but I feel like you got to follow your buddy. <laughs> and, and and then all of a sudden, oh, he gets cut by a vine, Drew. And it may, maybe you see this because you watch a lot of football, so maybe it's like, you know, the hand tackle trying to grab the just, foot. Just trying to grab and, and they just nick it, and it's a little stumble. But he, so, you, so you don't actually get taken down by it? Uh -uh. You, you just, like, but you start You, you start taking the fast – yeah, yeah, fast steps. <laughs> and I see him in the gun slung. I can see the buttstock, and I can see the silencer, and I see him. But Chad is, like, moving. I mean, he's <laughs> literally like lightning. And I'm like, 
he's going to run this out. My man, and then it was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, like, he's not the same weight as he was in 1988. Fucking and, momentum. Oh, it did. My and, head's a little too heavy. And next thing I know, Chad is parallel to the ground, five feet up, airborne. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's going, and he's going. I was like, oh, God, he's going so fast. I just kind of, like, start slowing down. I was like, that's going to hurt so bad. I, I'm just like, oh, I hope he doesn't hurt himself. And then... Boom! And there's dust. <laughs> and Chad's like, and then he stops. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't look too bad, I guess. And then I was like, oh my god, he isn't stopping. And next thing I know, his feet raise up a little bit, <laughs> and he keeps going, and they raise up more. And at that moment, at that moment, his his face was pretty much the only thing on the ground, and I see his his shirt. His shirt dropped down, <laughs> and I saw his belly button from the back. <laughs> I was like, oh, a scorpion. Why was I not videoing? And then all of a sudden, he, well, boom, and he stops, and I'm like, oh, my God, that had to hurt. Like, I didn't know he was that flexible. Like, He's I'm not. He's not. <laughs> the heels of his boot left a mark in his head. And he stands up, and he gets up with the gun. You know, my, my man, Chad, he's a proud guy. And and I'm like, oh. and I'm like, you know, I don't know, like 20 yards behind him. And I keep walking. And he turns around. He's bleeding all out of his face already. And I'm like, oh, God. I was like, Chad, man, you all right? You know, just trying to be like neighborly. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not all right. <laughs> he was fine two minutes later. But. but, yeah, I kissed the scope. I had that sling on. I couldn't get it up so far. I kissed the scope, and that's what cut me in. But thanks, my Edgar. gun had just a little. Yeah, thanks, Edgar. <laughs> I could have got it out in front of me. It might have been a lot worse. But I just got just the one speck of dirt, dirt on my on my skull. So that was the thing. I, yeah, I mean, I sure you I Chad looked like he had been in a car crash. Yeah, the I, gun looked like it never touched the ground. I felt like I'd been in a car crash. <laughs> How what, many what, car crashes? I'm more excited. What did it sound like? And, when you talk to him, after. oh, because it sounded I, I just, I just figured I was rolling in my head with a hole and tripping with a scorpion. <laughs> it sounded like this. <laughs> you should have seen it. I saw your belly button from the back. <laughs> I, mean, I remember what he said. Other hey, than Chad, I no, I'm not you. all right. No, I, I just couldn't understand again. a goddamn word you said. Yeah, he it's did. Always been that way. He did shoot the pig. We got the pigs. Yeah. I mean, I, I shot basically a piglet. <laughs> yeah, that's, the thing, that's the only thing you had you could see in your vision. No, well, bless you. You probably shot three more if I wouldn't have ran. <laughs> but I don't do that anymore. Like two weeks later, I was I was hunting with a buddy of mine, Eric, and uh, you're like, "Hey, easy and we were out, it. we were out in the field." Easy yeah, does it. And Chad told the story is I'm the one that's the scorpion. <laughs> no, 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 we're out in the field and we we're getting on some pigs and send some tall stuff and I. And we shoot, and he never hunted before he hunted with me. And, you know, you shoot him, you run up, you know, try to cut him off. And he takes off running, and I'm like, don't run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked up to where they went front, went to. So yeah. Chad's I mean, fucking learned a lesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. High step. Yeah. Well, to Chad's credit, where we hunt, if they go down the hill, 25 yards, you yeah. never find them. We're in the mountains. That's so a it's lot tough. further to drag, too. But if it goes hey. there now, it goes there now. <laughs> what are you going to do? Go get it? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. have to. Rather yeah. drag than scorpion. That's yeah. the moral of the story. Yeah. Um, I'd rather pretend like I didn't hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Miss? <laughs> Problem with the pigs, they scream at you. Yeah. Um, Miss? All right. So, <sighs> so before Chad tells a Kevin story. <laughs> um, so, Wyoming, 8-6. Ethan, this is... The most shooting we've done with eight six ever, is that fair? The farthest we've shot, absolutely. And your your goals were to test um, velocity of all the loads and everything you're developing, and then spin drift. So explain these things. Yeah, so spin drift with the very fast twist barrels is an unknown. We have equations to model it, but I'm unaware of anybody actually testing it in real life. So, so everything else is like the Coriolis effect. Like if you shoot far, well, that's it's because the earth's spinning, not yeah, that, because of the bullet. Yeah, the Coriolis effect is different. Like the earth is spinning, so you have the potential of windage or elevation, depending on which direction you're shooting. Whereas spin drift is purely based on gravity and how fast the bullet is spinning. 
Okay, so 8.6 blackout, basically 300 blackouts, big brother, 308 base guns. We have super and subsonic, so for gas guns and bolt guns, full mag capacity. So that's what we're testing. You have super and subsonic loads out here, but what we one of the things we've learned since then, our 300 blackout, was the faster we can spin the bullet with um, the subsonics, the better dispersion, which most people would say accuracy, but what that means is dispersion. So if you're holding group the same... Group size. Yeah, group size. And then also what we've learned is, since then, the bullets open easier when we spin them fast, including the subsonic, or uh, supersonic. And so that's an advantage of shooting supersonic at range, right? Like it's spinning faster, yeah. the bullet's going to open if you have a, a hollow point or a, a bullet meant to deform for defense or for killing, um, it's going to do that easier at distance with a fast twist, right? Yeah, so we carry more energy rotationally than most bullets just because we're spinning faster. Okay, well, we'll start with that. Okay, when we talk about energy with 8.6, so it's not that we're creating more energy, but we're just not wasting as much. Well, we're converting more of the chemical energy of the powder into kinetic energy of the bullet. So typically when companies look at energy at the muzzle, it's how fast the bullet is traveling in a linear direction. Yeah, why have they never measured rotational? Well, because for the most part, it's insignificant compared to the linear. So yes. you might get four, six, eight, ten pounds or ten foot pounds of energy of rotational compared to two thousand. Whereas as soon as you start spinning in the 500,000, 700,000 RPM range, then you start seeing hundreds, 200, 300 foot-pounds of energy, where it's a significant percentage, especially downrange. So you said like 500,000 to 750,000 RPMs. What is a 16-inch 308 with a 1 in 10 twist? 150 to 200,000 RPM, generally. So... And you you told me like basically stopping rotational velocity doesn't occur as quickly as linear velocity. Well, it's momentum. So you have rotational momentum, linear momentum. The amount of effort required to slow either of those is difficult. But it's not equal. So on for the bullet when it's traveling through the atmosphere, drag. For linear velocity is a much bigger component than drag rotationally. So the bullet spin decay is much slower than the linear velocity decay. So the bullet slows down linearly a lot faster than it slows down rotationally. Okay, so why are we seeing so, well, I mean, I guess you answered the question. That's why we're seeing the difference, like, when you see the gel test you did with the discrete ballistics and we did the split screen there's the one in seven and one in three twist and it looks like the initial wound cavity with one in three is two to three times bigger than the one in seven that's all for and that was the same barrel length same muzzle velocity linear yeah. velocity just different rotational rpm why'd you go with one in three four that, eight six well so because 338 in general is a one in ten one in ten one in twelve You'll see some one and nines and custom guns, but that's just for the super heavy 300 grain supersonics. Yeah. Um, we settled with one and three because it gives us the best combination of subsonic, supersonic, what's available on the market for projectiles right now. Um, if we could just limit it to terminally performing subsonics and monolithic supersonics, then we'd be down in the 1.25 to 1.5 range. Yeah, because we tested what you tested to 1 and 1? We've tested down to 1 and 1. Um, at 1 and 1, the 338 bullet can rotate supersonic and travel linear subsonic. So your subsonic will be supersonic just because of rotation. So it's loud. It's loud. But not going real fast. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, um, with 8.6, like, we've all shot a bunch of it this week. So, the goal was to have, from my perspective, and then I want you to correct me and add where you think you should. So, when we started a 
10 years ago when we did 300 Blackout, we wanted uh, its big brother, and we started with 338 Federal. But what you d- you discovered quickly was the case was too long for us to load big subsonic bullets. We couldn't fit them in the magazine, the action. They had to be seated too low um, into the case. So we shortened the case up. We did a 6.5 case. We were working with Hornady a little bit on that. Um, but was to have something that could cycle a gas gun, work in a bolt gun, full mag capacity, no mag modification, um, cycle the gas gun super and sub without adjusting the gas system, all the things that we have with 300 Blackout. And it seems like what we learned, and we learned a little too late with 300 Blackout because of the adoption of the military, but was we need to spin the bullet faster to get better dispersion, better accuracy, we'll, we'll say, with um, subsonic. And then we find out, well, okay, it's opening the subsonic expanding bullets more reliably because a rifle cartridge or a rifle bullet, the bullets are long and pointy. So having a little hollow point of those, they generally rely on linear velocity going fast to open. So if we're not going fast, how do you make them open? Spinning them fast helps a ton. Um, so we learned all those things. And I got to say, after shooting the gas gun and then shooting the, the bolt gun with both, like I, I think we're definitely on the right track. We're on the path, like we've done it. Yeah, yeah it's basically three hundred blackout plus three hundred meters. Oh, so good. Well, maybe a little more, huh, Chad yeah, Johnson? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because um, yeah, we we did a lot of the tests. It was. I mean, I, I remember the first couple of times I shot when we, we built shot when we built three thirty eight federal guns. And we shot that with the full power supersonic. It was horrible. This doesn't seem to shoot. I mean, the the recoil impulse with the supersonics better than I was anticipating. The accuracy with the subs are better. We were able to get dope. Um, Chad and I did yesterday out to 500, and then this morning, uh, Chad and I went out with subsonic before all of you were up because y'all sleep in because y'all young um, to a thousand. And Chad and I both made hits at a thousand with subsonic. I mean, that's what th- yeah. over three seconds of flight time with subsonic. And we were able to hit still a thirty-six inch round target. That was oh, highlight of my trip. That was Man, awesome. Chad's a good shooter. <laughs> I, thought he, I, th- I thought he was going to hug and kiss me when he uh, when he made that oh, first shot. <laughs> I jumped up, and I mean, I've never been more excited to make yeah, a shot in my life. I wish I had it on video. And we jumped in the truck, ran down there. I want to take a picture and all in case something happened. Yeah. But, uh, man, I mean, that was incredible. And you know what was so cool is even at 1,000 yards, and people who shoot that on still know, if you're shooting 6.5 or 308, if you got much wind, it's hard to hear, like, I mean, the impact. So the audible um, uh, react, yeah, feedback or reaction of the target if you got much wind or anything, it's not easy to hear. This was loud. Yeah. I mean, it was like ringing a bell. Um, because I guess, Ethan, the, the subsonic 8.6, it's going, let's, let's call it 1,000 at the muzzle. What's it going at 1,000 yards? Mm, Linear. 850, 875. Like, it's getting real close to what 308's doing at 1,000. Yeah, so 16-inch 308. What's it the same? Is it is it, it, it subsonic at a thousand? It's subsonic at a thousand generally. Okay, well, so for one seventy five, like gold medal match, yeah. So you have a one seventy five grain bullet. Let's call it ten fifty. Let's be generous. Ten fifty. Sure. At a thousand, and you have a three thirty eight, three hundred grain bullet going eight fifty at a thousand. Yeah. What gives you more energy at a thousand? You're gonna have way more energy with the subsonic three. Uh, 338 or 86 it's <laughs> almost it's almost 25% more and and that's just due to the mass yeah the ma- i mean the mass and is, we're spinning faster so if you ignore rotational energy you still have a linear kinetic energy advantage i mean it ain't as easy to shoot i'm going to say that like shooting a thousand yards with subsonic yeah if you start subsonic it's a long way to go yeah. i mean there's a lot of wind we didn't have a huge optic either i mean no, well, so we had to turn it down. 
Chad's been making shots with his no. one to eight at twelve hundred and fifty <laughs> yards all week. Right Jack on. Yeah, three oh eight. He's chasing pigs at a hundred meters. Jesus Christ. Stretching, stretching my legs a little bit. Yeah. Running. He's hitting targets across the hill with well, I went to use it and I was like, I'm I'm lost. Well we have what what's what's the mount I've got on my eight six? Is it twenty MOA mount? It's a twenty MOA night force mount. Yeah. So then uh, it's uh Mark Six will pull three to eighteen with a Horus, I think that one's got an H58 radical yeah. in it. But it's got 25 mils, I think, in the radical if you're at hardly any power. But uh, so w- it was uh, 16 mils at 15, no, at 500 meters. I think it was 16 mils about there. And so then I dialed another four so it got us to 20 mils, and then I held 23 or 24 to make the 1,000 yard. So, Ethan, we've got, what, almost 50 mils of drop? Yeah, the chart says 49, but... Okay, so 49, and that's probably uh, 150, 60 feet. Of drop? Oh, yeah. It's all of that. (laughs) (laughs) All of that. Yeah, so Chad and I got got up early because, uh, you know, at 5 a.m., because it's cool... We're not, we don't have thermals, we don't have mirage, we don't have wind, and it's not 100 degrees. And, uh, yeah, we got it done. We both yeah. hit it at 1,000. And you come back two hours later after breakfast and hit it on your first shot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was super lucky. Um, that was so cool because, I mean, I mean, for those who shoot 300 blackout, it's still subsonic. Like three, 400 meters, like you can hear the impact, it's faint. There was no problem here in this. Like it's hitting. It was the hard to wait though, for the time to expire. You know, for it to get there. It's oh, so it, it takes so long to get there, and then you're like, you want to start talking before it has time to get the sound back to you at a thousand. It was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, when when Chad made his first hit at a thousand with it, oh, I was celebrating because you know you have to dial back, so have an eighteen power optic, but you got to go to like I don't know six or eight power to yeah, get the down. the holdover. Yeah, yeah, the holdover in the horse reticle, and so Chad shoots, and I'm looking through the spotting scope, and and uh, Drake's got lights on these targets, so when you make an impact, there's a light that that comes on, but it's small, and Chad didn't see it, and I saw it, and I'm like, oh yes, <laughs> you hit, ah. you know, I'm freaking out. And, and Chad's like looking at me. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. He can't see the little light. And then you hear. And so after I shut up, it, it's like four seconds later. It's like, dong. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Chad got a dong this morning. <laughs> that, yep. That's the only dong you got this morning? That's, yeah, yeah, that's the only one I got this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah you slept in, Drew. What yeah, can you, you missed it. If you'd been in there, you could have dong. I, I was, you were getting dong, and I was dreaming about it. So. <laughs> um. So, so what all, I don't know, what all testing did we do this week? Like, we shot a bunch, but the main focus for you to get that was you were using the lab radar system, and we had problems with that because of what, the silencers and subsonic ammo? Yeah, and our general understanding of the system was a problem. <laughs> step one was uh, read the manual, yeah. and I think we started at step three. So Yeah, so the silencers are quiet. And it uses a microphone to trigger the radar, so that was a problem. Um, yeah, so to get, so basically to get muzzle velocities out of subsonic, we had to take the silencers off. Yeah, which is stupid and horrible. Scum. But we're gonna get the air gun module and call mm-hmm. it a day. Yeah. Um, but no, we got a lot of good velocity data, uh, spin drift data, because as soon as you start getting these fast, fast twist barrels. Spindrift becomes an issue at distance. Uh, you, you know, I was so excited this morning because it was far. I mean, I was just anticipating the worst. And from 500 to 1,000, I held, well, ended up dialing, but uh, one and a half mils of of windage. Yeah, and, for, and some of that may have even been the wind. I don't. Know, we didn't have much wind, much, but it's probably yeah, wind, uh, spin drift. No, but for the subsonic, the spin drift isn't that bad. But for the supersonic, it is. It's considerable it's okay well it's like a mil and a half at 500 or a mil and a half at 400 well okay that brings us to another question with eight six people say what's the effective range which is such a stupid question 
But I get it. You define don't define what the effect you're requiring. Yeah, yeah. What you're wanting. So let's say our first offering, the twelve and a half inch barrel, which is what we shot a thousand with today, Chad. Me and you, nobody else, because mm-hmm. you and I got up and we're awesome. Yeah. Um, twelve and a half inch barrel. If you want to shoot, okay. So that black bear right there with subsonic. What's the effective range? I mean, I mean that's probably a. Four, what do you think, Chad? 450-pound 400, bear? That's yeah, big. Yeah. I mean, That's depending on when and your firing solution, like four, five, maybe even 600, depending on how <sighs> comfortable you are with it. Uh, I mean, I but, was going to say after shooting this morning and everything, and we shot, you know, from two to 1,000, um, yeah, three to 400, I'd take that shot on that size animal all oh, day yeah. long. Yeah, I mean, it's really just – wind and how comfortable you are with your range estimation because that's the other thing too is if you're off 25 50 meters like it makes a big difference elevation wise yeah so the idea make sure you get a good range carry a range finder with you know your dope what about supersonic because like i I mean i've probably killed something at the longest range so far and it's just 225 meters yeah 600 no problem like it like 210 barns yeah, like the bullet will do the work. You just got to get the bullet to it. Okay, so but but out of a twelve and a half inch barrel, the two ten Barnes is muzzle velocity of what around two thousand? Yeah, uh, we're getting like twenty eighty to twenty one hundred. Okay, it it what range is the bullet still working? You think as far w- with the fast twist helping it to open? What what yeah, range it, is it it's, expanding? It's in the seven seven hundred fifty yard range, oh, but okay. Once you get to like seven seven hundred fifty yards, then you're talking like one, two mils of spin drift. Yeah. You need to know wind good. You need to know drop good. You need to know your range really well. Okay, so thinking about, let's say that 99.9% of the shots in America, especially East Coast, are inside 300 meters, and yeah. 90% are inside of 100. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 is there a distance where 308 – is better if you're hunting it it's a much longer range and it's just because of hit probability it's not okay. because of terminal performance yeah so so great this is a light compact gun 12 and a half inch barrel that i mean we made hits this morning before you guys got up for breakfast at a thousand yards um, it's quiet oh man it's quiet. i thought Even you were shooting a 22 this morning it's like <laughs> 50 foot below us and jokes on you i yeah. shot a 22 and yeah. just held up the fix i was like ah it's <laughs> yeah. no kim's like that's ethan he's not shooting a 22. no so yeah ethan was in uh so we were at the firing line ethan was three stations over from us chad was i don't know if you i don't remember who was spot chad scope. was hung over yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was hung over the spot and scope <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish that one needed subtitles, but it doesn't. It was clear. <laughs> we can still put them in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll add yeah. something. But you shot. You. But well, first I saw the car, never saw you, and then I asked Nick, who was in the station next to us. I said, "Who got here?" He's like Ethan. I said, "Oh, okay." Never saw you, and then I started. And, and Nick was shooting a six five his hunting rifle. He is so stoked for Africa, he just keeps shooting. And uh, but then it was so ridiculously oh, quiet. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, Chad's like, "Who's here?" I said, "Oh, it's Ethan." He's like, he's shooting a twenty two. I mean, kind of said it like that, actually. And I said, I doubt Ethan's shooting a twenty two. Oh, that's a twenty two. Look at how quiet that is. Yeah, it was like a the short director or something on on a rifle. It, yeah, it's crazy quiet. Yeah, and and I asked him, and he's like, I don't, uh, Ethan's like, gave me a stupid look. I'm shooting eight six. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it it, I mean, it seems quieter than three hundred blackout to me. Yeah. yeah. And even supersonic. So you said because the linear velocity is, you know, the barn's 210, 2,000 to 2,100 feet a second on a 12 and a half inch barrel. With a silencer the uh, size of a thunder chicken, it's it's quieter than most supersonics. And that's oh, yeah. due to the linear velocity? Yeah, so there's a range between like 126 and 134 decibels for supersonic. So, as soon as you get up to the 28, 2,900, 3,000 feet a second, like you are looking at 130, 132 decibels, and there's nothing you're going to do about it. 
Yeah. But once you start bringing that velocity down, you get into the mid to low 120s until you get to subsonic and then at subsonic velocities the the noise the bullet makes is pretty much fixed well it's true i mean i mean you know when i was shooting in texas a few months ago when i texted you and and to verify the loads that you sent because at the 100 meter range it sounded like subsonic yeah um all right well i don't know i'm super excited about it i mean there is no doubt I mean, Adam and I did some marketing stuff with Thomas at the 100-meter range, and we shot still from 100 to 25 meters. And, you know, one one instance, we were at 25 meters shooting uh, still silhouettes. Adam and I just uh, taking turns side by side, and he was shooting the 8.6 out of the gas gun, the Nebesky with a 12-and-a-half-inch barrel. And I was shooting my uh, Honey Badger SD, and I'm hitting the targets. It's like, dink, dink, dink. And his were completely wrecking the targets. It sounded like you drove a Brinks truck into it. He's a much better shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, so that was good. Well, hey, I heard about you, that. You know, you know what Thomas did like three days ago? Crashed your own and recovered. Oh yeah. No, he he just landed it in a tree. Yeah. But my man, and then he slowly took it out of it. He had to take those tight pants off so he could climb, get some flexibility. He climbed a tree, got that drone, brought it down, flew it again. Didn't yeah. crash it, didn't break parts, didn't take any time away from engineering. Didn't, didn't skip cost a beat. Us anything. Didn't skip a beat. We were flying two minutes later, flying so. high, mm, high until yeah, we hit the limit a couple times actually. Yeah, it's bound to happen. So Adam and I shooting the plate racks, which was funny. And uh, I hope he got some footage of it. So I'm shooting and, you know, knocking them down with 300 blackout, the minifix. Adam is shooting them, and I look over and, like, almost. And I thought, like, I was listening to his, and I heard hits. But then I look over, and most of his plates are standing up. And I was like, I was like, oh, did he hit the cross brace? He's hit the 300. So the uh, so the 8.6 subsonic 300 grain bullets hitting them so hard they stand back up. So it's like. A self-resetting bouncing off the plate rack, the tire. Yeah, I mean, bam, hitting so hard it bounced yeah. back up. So that was that was pretty cool to see. So we got to do a lot of good stuff this week. Mm-hmm. So what was the? Uh, tell me about the first time you met Ethan. So so <laughs> you, you you were you were a young man in your seventh year of engineering for a four year degree. <laughs> yeah, senior year, man, best three years of my fucking life. <laughs> and 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 you met Ethan. Tell us about that. Well, I Where? actually I actually didn't even meet Ethan because. You know, I wasn't. This is totally different than the <laughs> prep that, story. You remember told that time us? you met me? <laughs> no, oh, I didn't meet him. No, the, time, <laughs> the time I met him, but still but, but the first interaction wasn't me. It was my roommate and the captain of the team for FSA Formula Student Automotive Engineering. It's an international competition. Ethan started it um, at UNH, University in, of New Hampshire. Go, go, uni- Wildcats. University, of New, yeah. yeah, go Cats. Uh, in 2004, he started the first team against the will of everyone at the school because they were like, you're not going to do this competition. And they absolutely dominated the national event. And he was like, yes, I we am. We won every drinking title they had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So while I'm sleeping and not working, uh, Ethan comes by the shop because Katie's got a swim meet at UNH. Oh, yeah. So he was like, ah, I might as well stop by the school and see who they are. So he gives my roommate and the captain of the team Keller the card and just like yeah call me if you need help designing stuff building stuff like we got equipment we can do stuff so Keller comes back from actually doing work and wakes me up he's like hey some guy came by this sounds like this morning basically (laughs) yeah every morning yeah nothing just grow up and and he's like uh he's like hey we got this guy like Ethan said he would help us with stuff like they got a company in Portsmouth like they got all these equipment like okay so i'm designing a part i reach out to ethan he's helped me design he's like yeah let's go for lunch and you can come by the place and we'll talk about it so go out to lunch stoneface stoneface brewery Brewery. stoneface brewery great beer great food and uh bill comes around and i put my car on the table trying to be a nice guy and trying to help out i'm like yeah like take this and ethan just slides it back across the table and he's like no i'm like all right well I have to insist. So I just, there, there was no warning. He was just like, all right, fling, hums it across the fucking bar like a ninja star. 
<laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> my first time meeting, I only knew you for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> so I go over and I'm picking up. This I'm is like, the real world the college is like, telling you like about. a family with like kids. I don't know why they're at the brewery because they got little kids. There is a kids venue, but I'm still like crawling under like a table, like trying to find my car. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry about this. I'm like, what the fuck? So I've never tried to pay again. <laughs> Anytime I'm with Ethan. Humiliation is a powerful I tool, see, man. I'll see p- other people like pull out the car. I'm like, should I let this go or should I warn them? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no reason to ever try again. <laughs> Everyone should learn on their own. Yeah, threw it straight across the bar. So that was first? That was the first time I ever met Ethan. And then we came back and then I met, uh, I believe I met Nick. Yeah, no one cares about that. No, what no. what 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 about your interview? My interview I didn't actually know it was an interview. <laughs> <laughs> so uh for that same team, FSAE, we had a we had an alumni event to try and raise some money for funding the car because UNH you can go fuck yourself. You, <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a cent any money. You give you give a fucking RC car the same money you give an actual race car your assholes but so we had to raise our own money and we had an alumni event to like raise sell t-shirts and do stuff try to make some money to pay for stuff and that was at uh red hook brewery yeah and uh (laughs) i'll see a pattern (laughs) (laughs) and uh ethan came and we're all you know the banquet ends and as we're walking down the stairs ethan grabs me and he's just like hey like you guys like let's go have some Let's go have some drinks. It was like, all right. <laughs> so, sure. Blame so, Ethan. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so me and Keller, who's I think the only people he really cared to talk to, he was like, yeah, like anyone else wants to come. So like the other half of the team comes sit down. And then Ethan just puts on a fucking show of drinking. <laughs> no, <not Ethan. laughs> like, like, I was like, all right, this guy can drink some fucking beer. <laughs> another round, another so round would the come UNH, around. like, I don't know, ginger fraternity and uh, U.S. District Court knows this now. Yeah, I, I thought I could drink, and then I realized I could not. <laughs> but, you know, just buy another round, another round. Like, eventually it just tapered down. To, it was one end of the table that was me ethan and my roommate keller and the rest of the kids on the team and it slowly like dies down that everyone's like i'll just take a water and it's just the three of us just still drinking and i'm telling them every fucking dumb story i've done at unh how i got suspended how i got kicked out like every time i got arrested like, okay was okay only, was okay it was only twice but i'm telling them everything and like finally they shut down and they're like, you guys got to go. And we're like, okay. So we go out to the truck and he pulls out. Ethan's he, like, I got beers. He, he pulls out, he pulls out a four pack of Mazzocalypse <laughs> out of his trunk. He's like, Hey, From Stoneface, he's like, better he's, beer. Like, <laughs> he's like, Hey, I think you'll like this one. And to this day, that is my favorite beer. Aww. And, uh, and we take it out and we get in the car and we're driving back and it was me and Keller, Keller knows me. So he knew exactly how it went. It wasn't a surprise to him, but we're with one other teammate that I've never hung out with them. And she was like, why the fuck did you tell him all that stuff? I was like, well, why would I lie? He's going to find out eventually. Same fraternity. who I am. And then like months later, I'm talking to Nick at work and I told him about that. And he was like, yeah, no, I, I heard the story. I know. Yeah. He was like, yeah, that was your interview. <laughs> <laughs> that was just to see if you could hang and if you were, <laughs> if we wanted to be around you. He's like, that's the only reason. You know, that, that I, I mean, it is funny because I, I think about, I've talked about it on previous podcasts, and, you, you know, my passion is still so strong for our industry, and it's, you know, whatever, 28 years later. And, you know, Ethan and I have both grown up in the industry, and it's, I love the innovation. And it takes more than the smartest guy to develop the best stuff. And you, you got to have the passion. You got to have a good team. You got to get along. You know the camaraderie. You know the willingness to to sacrifice and put the hours in. You know, just like everybody being here. So we're here for well, we're here for two weeks. You guys are here for a week. This being away from your family and all that stuff. You know, and and I think from my standpoint, what we got out of this is what I hoped. We all work together. We all see where we stand with this, the, the you know, the developments, what's realistic. And, 
you know, it's exciting for me to see because what I would expect from everybody, but you know, particularly me and Ethan have worked together longer than, than all of us is we should be smarter and better than we were 10 years ago. And I mean, I think we've witnessed it every day here, you know, whether it's the guns, the, the new silencers testing the, uh, testing the steel silencers, um, the eight, six subsonic supersonic, like Chad and I set our alarms this morning, 5am. Like, Hey, those assholes can stay up till midnight, you know. I mean, part of that's because we're jealous because we're older. But it's like <laughs> you sure can. And yeah, we did. <laughs> and we're going to go to bed. And we're going to get up at five. And we're going to get out there and have two hours of good weather and you know, no wind, no heat. And we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do and uh, you know how this is doing. And man, what a great time! I mean, it's a great time to be alive. Great time to be in the industry. And even though it took you seven years, Drew, we're 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 proud you're here. I mean, and it's it was, a testament. It was actually. A six and a half <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell yourself and your mom just, just um, but just I, to be I, I mean the team you know it's like i know ethan it brags about having the worst gpa in the history of internet uh unh engineering you know, that's, that's actually another thing as i my uh my advisor came to me because she had like spreadsheet and all the math and she told me my sixth year she was like you have to meet this to graduate and she she did the math wrong but initially she was actually had the spreadsheet and she was like you need these grades in these classes to get a (laughs) (laughs) 2.00 you don't get the lassard curve so so she actually messed it up so all i needed to do was pass my classes to get but like to graduate because my gpa was higher than she thought it was but i was joking i was debating like because I just wanted to beat Ethan because he had a 2.09 or something. And I was, I was debating, like, I was like, what if I do pass all these classes and I, like, only needed a C, but I got a B in it. And I go to the professor and I sit in his office. And I'm like, yeah, I have a problem with that, Grace. <laughs> you gave me a B. I was a C minus the best. <laughs> How dare you? You know, I think that's what's great. I mean, I think personality-wise, when you got a team that's trying to do something, because it, you know, Ethan and I continue to take on larger projects, and it's not just what I want, what he wants, and it, it takes more people and having a team and everybody that can get along. And you see it here this week; like it's been great. Even you know your intern or new guy, Matt. Matt's like Matt's Matt's great, man. He's, he's awesome. He's awesome. He works great. He works his ass off. He. Uh, before this trip, hard work does a lot more than the smartest guy. I tell he, you that. He's put on before this before yeah. this trip, I was cleaning my uh, six five in the back, and everyone else had left, and I just thought I was alone because it was like eight at night, and I'm sitting there and I'm just finishing cleaning it, and then all of a sudden he pops up over my shoulder. I'm like, he's like, you need help with anything? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're still here. He's like, yeah, I was just working, doing drawings. I was like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, no, he's putting that's in the good. Effort. You know, in the years that you have been with us. I've had people come to me more than one time aggravated that you come in at 10 a.m. a lot. And I'm like, yeah, but how many times have I seen you here at 10 p.m.? And I, yeah. my hours are just shifted. I, I know I, I keep trying. <laughs> I keep, I keep hey, trying you don't to have to talk it. your way out of it. I keep trying to correct it. I mean, like, you, I mean, we continue to see your maturity and growth. And, you know, by the time you're 40, you'll probably get there at 915. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that that's that's what, you know, to me, that's been awesome to see, you know, the engineering design team the hours that are put in when necessary. And, you know, people want to know all the time, you know, what's it take to like do what you guys do or be in the industry, you know, and like, eh, I, I don't know, but if you want to be awesome, you got to sacrifice, you got to put the time in and it, it ain't punching a clock from nine to five. No, it's getting no, it done. And so, you know, and I, I don't know how many times you've been, at, you probably been at the office after midnight more than anybody I would imagine. Sometimes because I'm working, sometimes because <laughs> <I don't sleep. laughs> because I got a little bit tuckered out. Past that was different, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I don't know. I, my hours are shifted, and I would like to shift them back. Because the one thing Nick told me early on was like, nobody wants to see you. He, was, he was like, he was like, if if people need you, and like if you are the only one who can answer a question, you should be there when they're there. And that's that's the one thing I think about. It's every probably time maturity, company. like as the company grows and y'all's department c- continues to grow, and you take over certain aspects of projects. Mm, you got to be there, yeah. But, but um, but, you know, just if I'm just looking at me and the work I do, and like not you know helping other people, which I need to do, but as myself, as soon as like everyone leaves at like four, five, six, 
and I'm there for another four hours. I am so productive. I'm just cranking shit out because I'm like, no one's yeah. talking to me. No one's bothering me. It's yeah, that's that's the exciting stuff. And as the company grows, like understanding that where we have, you know, we've got a marketing team. We've got the engineering design team. You have production. Production needs to be different than the other things. And that's just part of it. And that's okay. And, you know, I hope this time I do a better job with this company of understanding that managing those cultures and babysitting all of you and, and no, doing all, the things necessary kind of grew so fast that you know we the engineers were doing the production oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden they take over so when i when i want to test stuff i want to do stuff i'm in production's way because we only yeah. have so much space and we're you gotta so stay out of the like, way I'd, I'd rather do it at night when i'm not like hey can i take over this bench i'm like i'll just wait till you leave and then I'll yeah go. it's tough and, you know it's it's part of the company you guys design the stuff that you know generates the money but production's what pays the monthly bills and gives the raises i mean that's oh, yeah. just no, kind of part they, of it they so you, the workhorses yeah you got to reserve re- all the credit like they yeah you got to respect all the parts of the business all right that's why i just try to stay out of their hair yeah yeah great job great job at that (laughs) all right yeah great job let's ask hr how thick your file is tell you what you show up four hours and they're not there it's a great job (laughs) yeah he gets it so uh we're all going to africa Mm -hmm. to hunt this year chad what you taking i bet i know after the last few days what you taking yeah that six five with that little bitty one by eight (laughs) 16 inch barrel six Six, five Well, you got a trash panda? Trash panda, yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that thing's lightweight and oh, yeah. you've proven lethal. Yeah, it works well. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Drew? What you got? Well, I think I should take a 16-inch, but I am so comfortable with that 22-proof barrel. Shout out to Proof. Uh, that 22-6.5-proof barrel I've been shooting this whole time, I think I should take that. What optic you use? I use a 525 EOTech Voodoo, and the H59 is, is great. Yeah, it's good. You shoot far. It's nice having the the uh, horse reticle where you got holds. And My first real um, actual experience with it other than targets and, like, paper and steel was uh, North Dakota. We were shooting, we were shooting uh, prairie dogs. Oh. So... Your prairie dog shot, 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 shot video. Yeah. So, uh, what's the name of that on YouTube so people can find it? Fuck if I know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's called good name. It's called uh, I think oh oh prairie poochie coochie carnage. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Prairie, it's so much poochie. better than fuck if I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, t- it took me a minute, but prairie no. poochie. Coochie carnage. Prairie poochie coochie carnage, yeah. But uh Can you spell that? <laughs> no. I, I, no, I, I can, can but I no. won't. Um but no, like that was my first time actually using the H fifty nine out like in the shit. And it was nice because we're all shooting, so we're not spotting each other because we're kind of in competition trying to outshoot each other and see how many yeah. we can kill. So it was nice that like in the wind, in in everything we were in, like I was shooting that stuff's it's it's such a busy scope that you can see everything in it that I would take a shot and I would make an instant adjustment. I like could actually see it be like, all right, half a mil that like it's got so many dots and, and hash marks on it that I'm like, all right. Yeah, I missed. Move, hit it. Like yeah, I graph well, paper. Did you win? No. No, I think Mitch won just because the last day he wanted to shoot so much he, he wanted to run out of ammo like how many we, rounds did you guys shoot three thousand we handled how many three, days three days three days three thousand <laughs> rounds and we shot how we many shot. prairie dogs do you think you guys shot uh we guesstimate about 1200 like we did not bet. well so the, my favorite part is that you bet us uh first before we went you were like you won't get 500 and you bet us each a hundred dollars. I think it was a hundred. I, I bet no, that no. you each wouldn't kill a hundred. No, no, no. It was, it was. You guys will not kill five hundred prairie dogs, and you bet us each a hundred dollars for each of us that we won't kill a hundred prairie dogs. So we all brought counters. Isn't we got counters, and we, and we were and we were counting the whole time. And the first day, 
They're like we noon. woke up at eight by noon. We sent you a picture, and we it was the three of us <laughs> holding our counters together, and we were over five hundred. We're like, thanks for the money, motherfucker. <laughs> like, and then it was just carnage after that. Because <laughs> before it was not carnage. Yeah, slaughtering. That was necessary. Yeah, yeah. So that's what you're gonna shoot in Africa. You think you're gonna take the twenty-two inch? I I think I will. Yeah. Well, I think you should if you're used to it. No, that's what I'm used to. That's what I'm comfortable with, and. Ethan, what are you? Uh, what are you going to take to Africa? Uh, Ten twenty-two with an aim point, <laughs> <laughs> and some Chad stories. <laughs> I, I don't even think it would surprise me. You going to take eight six, or are you taking? Uh, uh, the, yeah, the plan is if I can get our projectile done, uh, I will only shoot uh, subsonic terminally performing eight six. Nice. I think I'm gonna. I'm definitely taking eight six. I'm going to take some supersonic because I'm going to try to kill Cape Buffalo. I'm going to kill Cape Buffalo. Hey, that 210 barn. It's like, there's not much I won't kill. Yep, I agree. And we're we're going to prove that out right here. Four or five of them. (laughs) I just want to shoot a kudu. Man, they are so cool looking. I've never shot big game in my life. All I've shot is prairie dogs and raccoons and little shit. That would be Really satisfying to put down a kudu. All right. Big we'll see one. if we can make that happen. I, well, guy. I appreciate that. That'd You're be fun. Never You're shot big game. Never talked big game. <laughs> <laughs> certainly never talked it, let alone shoot it. Yeah. I, no, I'm going to take uh, the 8.6 and my 6.5, that beautiful blue and gold gun. Mm. Mm. So sweet. <laughs> so hopefully we'll have silencers this time. That'd be nice. Yeah. So, so, um, <laughs> so yeah, so Africa's going to be a great time. We're going to have great, oh, yeah. great experiences and stories. And, that, you know, the great thing is it's like every time, Chad, you and I go out at night pig hunting, we never know what's going to happen. No. And sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes we freaking slay them in a melee. And sometimes we both shoot the same one like a couple of idiots. <laughs> and sometimes we let it run at us and we waste two magazines of ammo and we shoot it 10 feet from us. That's right. Uh, but anyway, so this the 50th episode so thank you guys for joining thank you to the listeners or or, or viewers or followers um all of the above all of the above and he says 50th but i'm not sure that last one counts because adam and jay that's just being irresponsible um so anyway i think that's it anything you well i know you want to say something <laughs> Ethan, anything you want to say what do you mean good job chad <laughs> thank you <laughs> great job and Chad, we miss you dearly and wish uh, we, you were there, but we're glad we you're home with your kids and your grandkids. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, we miss y'all. It's good, yeah. to, get, good to be out here with y'all. Seeing it's been almost a year since we've been up there, so. Yeah, a great yeah. time. Oh, we have done some stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, man, you shot a wolf at 1,250 yards with an eight-power scope with a 16-inch mm-hmm. 6.5. Cre- yeah. If, if it weren't the fix, it probably wouldn't have happened. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that's a yeah. fact. Well, but who would have anything but a fix? Idiots, that too. Yeah, that's right. Or so. assholes. <laughs> Idiots and assholes. That's who has other guns. All right. Well, thank you guys. Chad, I, I, I love you a lot, but I don't understand the fucking thing you said today. So. <laughs>